0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Show is for managed service providers and IT service companies who are looking at growing their business here in 2012 with some great partners, and uh, you know we also bring some great business experience to our show. And this episode is no different than all the rest, and we have a, a great guest with us. The team from Roaring Penguin Software joins us today from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and we have President and CEO on the phone, David Skoll. Good morning, David. How are things? Uh, how are things up in the nation's capital today?
0: Morning, Stuart. They're they're fine. A nice sunny day and great for penguins.
1: Excellent. You know what? Let's get to it. How did you? You know, it's an interesting name you got for the company. How did you come up with the name Roaring Penguin?
0: Well, that's uh, when I started the company in 1999. Uh, it was a one-person Linux consulting shop, and there was a headline in the San Francisco Chronicle showing a penguin biting Bill Gates's leg, and the headline said "The Penguin That Roared." So I
1: thought oh, that's cool. perfect. But, I, you know, it is a, it is a catchy aim. I know I've seen you guys around at different events throughout the, you know, in the IT channel here. You know, CompTIA was probably the last one I saw you guys at in, in Washington. So, you know, yeah. you guys are getting a name for yourself. And, you know, David, one of the things that, you know, I would say it leaves sleep us at night, but I'll be lying to you if I said that. But, you know, I, I often think about it is, you know, there's an abundance of, you know, spam filtering services out there available to MSPs and IT VARs and, you know, how do you prevent roaring penguins from getting you know just lost in the shuffle of the of all these companies that are out there uh, you know all looking at getting uh, their small piece of the uh, m f p community
0: right well we have a, a bunch of ways that we differentiate ourselves um <clears throat> first of all, our product is the most flexible product available so MSPs can tailor it to exactly fit what they and their customers want. We don't impose arbitrary limits or or anything like that on the software. Um the second thing that we do is that our software is completely brandable, so you can make it look exactly like your own product, you can make it look like your own website. And that's great because when somebody comes to you looking for anti-spam, you can say, "Oh yeah, I have this is our anti-spam product." And they can't really go shopping around for exactly the same thing because, as far as they know, it's yours. It's something that you provide uh, from a that
1: That's right. something that's unique to Roaring Penguin because I think from MFPs that would be something that they would want to uh, you know have is the ability to you know quote unquote white label it with their own brand.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's unique, but it's certainly uncommon at least among the major providers.
1: Well, cool. but um, so, I mean so if. Is spam, is spam filtering a big market out there? What would you think, you know, are all the MSPs on the bandwagon now or are there still lot filter maybe looking at uh, trying to find the right solution to offer their clients?
0: I think most probably have something. Um, what we find is that a lot of people aren't too happy with their solutions. For example, there's one uh, large provider that many people use, but the problem with them is they, they essentially offer no support. And also they compete with their resellers so that customers who are using this system through an MSP can buy it directly from the provider for the same price that the MSP is paying. So the MSP has no way to have any kind of profit margin. We don't do that. We offer excellent telephone and email support, and we don't compete with our resellers. Uh, MSPs don't pay what our direct customers pay. They get a discount so they can you know, make money from the product.
1: Yeah. yeah, I know, and I know that a lot of MSPs, um, want to have the, um, the ability to, you know, go to market with confidence that their, that their partners that they work with, are not going to undercut them. Uh, and, uh, right. you know, I think I know the, the big company that you're discussing with, uh, that they also have a lot of, uh, other services that compete directly with it, but, you know, they're, they're claiming to be a little bit more channel friendly. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, uh, down the road, but you know, we can talk about spam filtering, David. To the you know, to the cows come home here. One of the things I'm starting to see a big shift in, and, uh, and I think you guys are perfectly aligned for it, is the whole market uh, opportunity around email archiving. Now, I think that's a market where a lot of MFPs are just starting to you know kind of scratch the surface there. Uh, tell us about email archiving and what why is that important for MFPs to start considering.
0: Okay, sure. We, uh, we've introduced email archiving about six months ago, and there are a number of reasons why you might want to provide it. The first reason actually doesn't have anything to do with archiving. It's more to do with email continuity. So let's say we're filtering your email for you, and your back-end mail server goes down, or you lose your Internet connection or something like that. If you're using our archiving product, you can still see all your incoming email and even reply to it, you can forward it to another email address so that if there's something critical or time-sensitive, you can still get at it even if your email server is down. And then once your email server does come back, it will, of course, be delivered. So that's important if you're worried about time-sensitive email. As far as email archiving itself goes, some businesses are regulated by industry regulations and they're required to have an archiving policy in place. So they need something that they can, you know, implement their policy with, and our our product is perfect for that. Also, the archiving is kept off your main exchange or whatever mail server you're using, so you don't need to worry about that getting full or overloaded. You can search the archive very easily. We have a very powerful search tool that lets you do full text searching in the body and the subject, any of the fields that you can think of, so that when you do have to look for you know one out of 10 million emails, you can actually find it. Um, so, and, and another reason that it's important is that not too many companies have archiving yet, even though they may need it. Everybody pretty much has something for spam, but uh, email archiving is a much newer and wider open market.
1: Well, I you know, David, I look at, um, you know, you mentioned you know, compliance and regulatory, you know, we definitely have that as a as a driver for a number of industries, but you, right. you, you got to believe that you know. With all the, you know, and, and it happens lawsuits. I just have a client of mine in Philadelphia who, when we just did a case study for, who does forensics, and she was a guest on our show a few weeks ago. You know, she was telling me a story about one of, I know, and we, you know, a client of hers that she had to go do forensics, and you know, I would believe some something like email archiving on the outbound and the inbound would definitely you know, help a small business who may be getting into a little bit of trouble with, you know, uh, maybe some HR issues or even, even you know, a, almost like a he said, she said type thing where a sales professional is, you know, getting questioned about a price or, or a part or something like that. There's definitely right. got to be that type of type of uh, opportunity for MSPs to play, you know, I'm more of a consultative role around how businesses can use email that way. Um, do you yes or no on that?
0: That's true, and in fact there's there's another dimension to that in that you really may not want to keep mail longer than is required because if you're hit by discovery, you know you might not want that ten year old email to surface so if you have a policy in place that says we keep email for three years and then it's deleted uh and somebody comes for discovery you know you're you they can't they can't get you in trouble because all you've been doing is following your stated policy. You keep your email for three years as required by the regulations, and then you delete it. Um, it can help prevent awkward problems from coming up if you get hit by discovery.
1: Oh, so there's that side of it as well. So, hey, tell me. So tell me how that works, David. Is there is there, um, is there a best practice, or is it still kind of like all over the map? Who, how much email you should retain?
0: Well, really the best practice is if you're regulated then you essentially you f- okay you follow the industry regulations um and our product lets you specify a policy so you can say exactly how long you want the mail retained for if okay. if you're not in a regulated industry then i guess probably you should speak to your counsel or or people who are knowledgeable and say what's a reasonable amount of time to archive email for and probably it's somewhere between 3 and, and 7 years i would think uh, similar to sort of paper financial records, that sort of thing.
1: So I know, like I know with Revenue Canada, here we have what a seven-year policy on keeping our tax returns. So you know, again, that three to seven-year uh, window seems to be appropriate. Uh, and again, I love how you mentioned you know I always check with counsel because again, we're not we're not legal, so uh, you know, it's always best to seek the uh, seek the feedback of, of somebody who's knowledgeable in that area. So Absolutely. let's. Um, so listen, no. So what do you what do you think what do you think the market looks like for this type of uh, a service for for MSPs? Uh, you know, is there money to be made?
0: Well, I think so. I mean, we we wouldn't be in the business if we didn't think there was money to be made.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: You know, e- email archiving is really a pain in the neck for a small business. It it involves having a storage and backups, and you know, worrying about not losing the mail. So if an MSP can take that load off the business and let them comply with the regulations, I think that's worth quite a lot, and I think there's definitely money to be made. Um, The whole point of being an MSP is to make other people's life easier. And with our products, we're helping MSPs to do that.
1: So I know a lot of our our listeners, David, are the technical business owners, so they have a technology background. Can you tell me how email archiving works through through Roaring Penguin? How does how does it make sure the uh, the messages are kept?
0: Okay, so our product is either hosted, so you can have your archiving done in the cloud in our data center, or you can buy uh, the software from us. It's essentially an appliance that sits in front of your mail server. So every message that comes through the machine. First of all, it's filtered for spam. We don't archive spam unless you ask us to. Like, if you really want your spam archived, we can do that. But by default, we don't. Once we decide that a message is good and it's worth delivering, we store a copy in the archive. Now, in our data center, that's stored on an encrypted file system, and you can set up the appliance also to store it in an encrypted file system. And we also index it in a database for easy searching. So... The mail is just stored on a disk. The messages are compressed, and we also do deduplication. So if the same message comes in for 10 different people, we we only store one body, one copy of the body. We, We store 10 separate sets of headers, but only one copy of the body. So that helps reduce storage. Now from the web interface, you can search the archive you can't delete or edit a message in the archive obviously because that would defeat the purpose of having a, you know, an ironclad record of what happened. The other thing we do is we keep an audit trail so you can see exactly who has accessed a given message and when they accessed it. You can also see who did particular searches so that if, you know, a system administrator is inappropriately looking at messages that he shouldn't be at you can't prevent that because the sysadmin obviously has power over the machine, but at least there's an audit trail so you can see what happened.
1: So, that, I mean, that gives peace of mind uh, well, uh, to the business owner. But also if, um, let's say we have a publicly traded company and a KPMG, Ernst & Young, or somebody comes in, they're going to yeah. want to know that information for the security regulatory. That's what kind of what my, my colleague Colin Knox at uh, Passport also put up, uh, in his, uh, online, uh, secure online password auditing software, uh, the same idea that, you know what, the regulatory, uh, bodies, uh, are looking for, are looking for that audit trail. And if we cannot produce that, well, we're not really doing our clients any justice. So I like that you right. have that built into your, into your tool. Anything, we want, anything else you want to add on to, to that, uh, you know, the, the importance of auditing, uh, you know, access?
0: Well, auditing isn't only important for that reason. Um, in general, our software keeps an audit trail of everything that anybody does, and that can be useful just for solving problems. Like, for example, in the, in the filtering side of the software, if a customer makes a rule that blocks something inappropriately and then they delete the rule and then they go asking for help, the system administrator can go in and the rule won't be there So that's kind of confusing, but they can look in the audit trail and say, oh, well, you made this rule. That's why it was rejected. And then you went in and deleted that rule. So from a technical support point of view, having the audit trail makes your job much easier when you have to help a customer figure out what happened to an email. We also have a a way where you can search the mail logs from the web interface. And again, for diagnostic purposes, this is great. It can really cut down on the amount of time that you have to do when you're trying to offer support.
1: So you know, I look at um, I look at I look at email archiving as a must uh, for MSPs. You know, and I'm sure there's a few out there that are just kind of you know sitting there unsure which way to go. Uh, do you have any recommendations uh, when it comes to maybe just positioning archiving uh, to our client base? You know, what are some of the best practices you see amongst your client base?
0: Well, a lot of people really like the email continuity feature. That that resonates a lot with people. So you could you know start out by offering short term archiving and selling it as more email continuity than archiving that sort of gets your foot in the door mm-hmm. and we find that uh, the people who've turned on archiving and are, are using it sometimes prefer to search for old emails in the archive than in their mail reader because the searching on our system is faster and quicker so it isn't only a tool for regu- regulatory purposes. It can actually make your life more efficient when you need to go looking for an old email. So, if an MSP demonstrates this to a customer, I think they can sell them very quickly on email archiving.
1: So there's, uh, you know, there's. So the, we identified David that the market is potentially, uh, well, definitely huge on this. There's money to be made. Uh, is, is email archiving an expensive solution? Uh, what are we looking at for rough numbers?
0: Um, it depends. Well, I'm, I can only talk for the hosted service because, uh, well, okay, I'll, t- I'll talk to both. The, the hosted service is basically it's a dollar a user per month for one year worth of archiving. Uh, it's $2 per user per month for three years worth, and I think it's $3 per user per month for five years worth of archiving. If you need more than five years you can give us a call. Uh the on site version I'm I'd have to talk to the salespeople. I'm more of a technical guy. Uh to get pricing on that. But it's it's not super expensive. I mean for a for a fifty user company you're looking at, you know, six hundred bucks a year for a year's worth of archiving. That's not very much at all. Okay. And so oh by the way, that's those that's are end user prices, so the the pay yeah. a discounted version.
1: Oh, exactly so, so that's kind of the m s r p there so yeah. let's um yeah, let's look at uh, let's look at the let's look at the whole solution that roaring penguin offers and let's just kind of think about the m s p for a second here um we already identify that you that you're an industry leading uh firm when it comes to archiving and of course the spam filtering email email uh continuity all that good stuff but david why would why would an m f p want to work with roaring penguin Tell me, you know, you know, some of the some of the things that you do to help MSPs uh, grow their business.
0: We we offer excellent technical support, so it's really easy for an MSP to get up and running with our solution. We we step them through the whole process and we walk them through everything and, and help a lot. The second thing about our product is that it lets an MSP have multiple customers, multiple independent customers on on the service at the same time, and they're all isolated from each other. And, in fact, when I said mentioned branding, you can even brand it per customer. So if, if you have a large customer who wants the anti-spam to look like it's theirs, you can even do that. So the flexibility is the key. The other reasons that MSPs like us is that we're really focused on engineering. So our product is rock solid, and it has a lot of innovative technology in it. We have, uh, for example, a, a Bayesian filter that has a huge database of words and word pairs that appear in mail. It gets updated once a night, and it's extremely accurate. We also have a large reputation database of IP addresses that we update hourly. This has billions of events that we collect from all around the world. So we're we're really accurate from the filtering point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are many reasons MSPs like us. Mm, great. Oh, so I um, should mention one, one other thing that... Yeah, go ahead, David. That's very helpful for MSPs. Um, we've recently added a feature where our hosted service and our appliance can actually detect problems with the back-end mail servers or the back-end directory servers and alert administrators to the fact. So this sort of monitoring makes the MSP's life even easier. It lets you phone up your customer and say, by the way, there was a problem with your server, but we fixed it before you even noticed. And, you know, that really wins you points.
1: So, you know, one of the other things we hear back from a lot of MSPs is, you know, integration with ConnectWise and Autotask. Uh, can can, can Roaring Penguin software uh, integrate into the PSA tools?
0: Actually, it's it's funny that you should ask that, because uh, we used to do that, but we, we decided that the level of integration that was available with those tools was pretty limited, and uh, we found that even though MSPs were asking for that, they weren't actually using it much, um, so we're we're dropping those features. The thing about our software is we have an API ourselves, and we have libraries that let you integrate with whatever you want. So you can pull reports, you can do provisioning, you can update rules and users and that sort of thing, all automatically. Um, so that's our focus now is to provide our API so that people can integrate with that.
1: Oh, so you guys are kind of kind of approaching it from the other side versus where. You know, instead of writing into, uh, into a pay a save APIs. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, an interesting look. I, I kind of think that would actually work a lot better for, for the IT service providers out there. So this is Stuart Crawford. We're in conversation, today with uh, David Skoll from Roaring Penguin Software, a Canadian-based uh, company that provides email security and business continuity or email continuity services uh, globally. I mean, let's make sure, David, that we're, we address that, even though you're headquartered in uh, Ottawa, Canada, you have clients all over the place, and I think Bill and I were talking last week that you have a, uh, a partner in Brazil that's doing some pretty good things. Is there anything you can share uh, what's happening in your uh, inter- international type of activities and why maybe this one partner is doing a lot of great stuff with you guys?
0: Yeah, we have an excellent partner in Brazil. Um, he's doing really well for us. Uh, I, I think it's just the fact that that's all he does. He's sort of dedicated himself 100% to to selling Roaring Penguin in Brazil and he's really energetic and, and a, a really good salesperson. So he's he's done very well for us. We are also doing fairly well in Europe. Um for some reason we we seem to be very successful at getting fairly large educational research networks in Europe. So Europe has grown from like five percent of our revenue a few years ago to almost a third now. Which which is nice. It's nice to diversify a little bit.
1: So what what would you what would you think these partners are doing, David, that's a little different than maybe the average one who may be struggling with? You mentioned the Brazil guy was, you know, hundred percent focused on roaring penguin. Is there any yeah. is there a secret sauce that you can share with us?
0: I I don't think there's a secret sauce. I think it's just a matter of getting the leads and following up and, and phoning and, and that sort of thing. We do offer support, obviously, we, we offer marketing materials, we we have in the past sort of co-sponsored shows and things like that, so absolutely, we're willing to help provide marketing support to anybody who wants to sell Roaring Penguin.
1: Great. So, I mean, that's, uh, I, mean I, I would recommend that you at least give, uh, you know, Roaring Penguin a, a look at when you're looking for, a, you know, a basic spam filtering service, but also looking at, you know, other ways you can upsell, and as a as a marketing and business development strategist, David, I'm always telling my clients that says, you know, you gotta you gotta beat people to the punch, and I think this year definitely is going to be the year where MFPs definitely have to out-market our competitors, and having a team like Roaring Penguin in your in our corner, um, in my opinion, gives us, gives us the leg up uh, and against the, maybe some other competition that uh, you know the other MFPs that are not offering. Email uh, continuity compliance, uh, all that, all that stuff. Um, I, mean, I think Dom, I think the market opportunity is huge for for MSPs that know how to, you know, that brave the marketing side of it and then figure out how to sell this stuff. You know, Dave, we got like six and a half minutes left of our time today on the program. Time goes by fast when we're having fun. Yeah. You no, know, is there anything that we forgot to mention or you or that you want to bring up that we haven't spoke about uh, so far?
0: Um, I'm. I think it's it's mostly covered, um, just to emphasize, we offer our product hosted so you can use it in our data center if you like sort of the cloud computing approach. If you prefer to run everything yourself, some people prefer that, they have their own data center, they want more control, that's fine. You can run exactly the same software that we use for our hosted version. Mm-hmm. Uh, we 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 don't we eat our own dog food so there's nothing in the hosted service that we don't sell as software and you can run it yourself brand it yourself, and and have total control.
1: Great and by the way is there is there an is there an IT service company or an MSP out there that you particularly target like what's the what's the best size co- uh, client for for you guys?
0: Our clients range in size from tiny to huge. It's. It's unbelievable, the the range. But for MSPs, um, we tend to do well with the smaller ones, sort of 1 to 20 employees and up to a couple of million dollars in sales, because they they are the ones who who can't really build stuff themselves. And when they get a world-class filtering and archiving product, it makes them look really good. And, you know, there is a sort of bias among larger companies to only look at Larger providers, so we tend to fall under the radar of the really large MSPs. But that's okay. We're we're happy to work with the small to medium sized MSPs.
1: So let me just make, uh, go through what you just said. You guys are a, a local. You guys are a small business that folks you know understands the needs of the small business business owner themselves. And then right. so you guys have it all kind of figured out. That you know these are you know working in that world yourself. Hey, we can we, best, we have, we're best to service the our, you know who our core clientele is, and I remember I remember in a conversation I had with Bill uh, last week is that, you know I think you talked, touched on your clients range from the smallest to the to the large to our, almost large enterprise and some pretty big schools. I know you can't mention any on the yeah. air here today, but you know your your client base is diverse enough that you know it's just not for small business. It can scale up to some pretty big uh, entities, correct?
0: Right. I mean, our largest customer is a. Uh, a sort of government agency that provides service to universities in the Netherlands and we have seventy five universities and two hundred research institutes with almost a million email boxes on that system. So we can scale pretty big.
1: Sounds great. So David, I'm an MFP and I really love hearing what you just said. How can how can I get how can I engage as Roaring Penguin uh, today and you know what's what's that look like?
0: Well, just uh, go to our website, RoaringPenguin.com. The contact info is there. You can call us. You can email sales at RoaringPenguin.com, and we'd be more than happy to talk with you, get you set up with a webinar to demo our product, get you set up with a free 30-day eval, and take it from there.
1: So that was RoaringPenguin.com. Go there, folks, and and download and get on the trial and attend their webinars because I think knowing that the market, that you know, most of us are the technical business owner, will I think we'll appreciate the the technology that's available through a service like Roaring Penguin and and, uh, and, and then also the business opportunities that exist in the market today. So, David, I really want to appreciate you and the team from taking some time out of your busy schedules today to come and talk with us here on the MSP Show. And I look forward to having you guys back in the future when, You know, when things change in your in your world, and you know what happens, you know what happens in the email security world as well. I'd love to have you guys back to talk about, you know, what's happening in that uh, in that world.
0: Sure, thanks, Stuart. It was it was great. Thank you very much.
1: Thank thanks very much, David, for joining us. And that was uh, David Skoll from Roaring Penguin Software, uh, a a Canadian-based organization that provides email filtering and uh, business uh, continuity services for email. Go to roaringpenguin.com, check them out, get that 30-day trial. And, and sign up today. So this is uh, Stuart Crawford here at MFP Show. We're going to sign off for today. Really appreciate you downloading us on iTunes or listening to us live here on Blog Talk Radio. We are on here most weeks. Uh, try to get on Thursdays at 10 o'clock, but sometimes we kind of move the schedule around a little bit because of uh, scheduling conflicts. And we want to make sure we have the right guests on the sh- on the program to help you, you know, with a number of different things to help grow your MSP. And you know, having folks like Roaring Penguin on is just one example of services out there. Who can uh, are that are available to help you uh, grow your business? Uh, a little bit about us, because we have about a minute left uh, in the program today. Ulistic is a business development consulting company, and in, in my role as a marketing and business consulting specialist, I focus on helping MFPs. And this program is just one way that we can help the community. Uh, I welcome you to go to our Facebook page and follow us on there at facebook.com/ulistic. And then sign up on our blog at ulistic.com. You can go there and, and sign up for our blog post, and we share tips and tricks about how to help your business. And if you need help with business development or coaching or anything to help grow your MSP, reach out to me. You can call me directly at 416-827-5339. Or just subscribe to the MSP show here on iTunes or on Blog Talk Radio and just tune in every week and see what we have to say. With that, I want to bid you a uh, fond farewell. We'll talk to you all next week. This is Stuart Crawford with the MFP show and we'll uh, we'll check in with you a little later down the logs.